No matter how fast I ran trying to get out of this seemingly endless forest, the feeling kept getting closer and closer. I made it to the opening near the waterfall, and I suddenly felt like I could breathe once again. The fear of my demise wasn't quite as strong. I guess being in the woods alone really freaked me out. I decided I needed to rest before setting out for the last leg of my trip. Maybe it is just the loneliness getting to me, or the quiet. Perhaps it's all the missing women and children that had vanished near here over the years. Why did I think it would be a good idea to come out here alone? Welcome to Freaky Folklore, the podcast where we discover the horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters both ancient and modern. Today we are discussing the mysterious water spirit known as the Nyx. This show is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. Find more terrifying tales at EerieCast.com and be sure to follow us on Spotify or your favorite podcasting service. You can leave an honest review on iTunes too. The more we get, the more we grow, and hopefully, the more monsters we can explore. If you would like to submit a suggestion for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook for information on future episodes. I knew death was coming, although I couldn't pinpoint the cause of my death. It was impending. I could feel the literal life being sucked from me. No matter how fast I ran trying to get out of this seemingly endless forest, the feeling kept getting closer and closer. I made it to the opening near the waterfall, and I suddenly felt like I could breathe once again. The fear of my demise wasn't quite as strong. I guess being in the woods alone really freaked me out. I decided I needed to rest before setting out for the last leg of my trip. Maybe it is just the loneliness getting to me, or the quiet. Perhaps it's all the missing women and children that had vanished near her over the years. Why did I think it would be a good idea to come out here alone? The stress is finally getting to me. Life had been incredibly difficult to navigate since Parker was born. She's only six weeks old but I feel like I've been turned into a completely different person. And I've been living in this repetitive cycle of terror for weeks now. I just wanted to get some fresh air and a moment to myself. I hadn't planned to have a baby at this point in my life, but you know things never go as planned. Parker's father was trying too, but he wasn't ready either. I often wonder if some people are just born to be parents and some struggle until they figure it out. I just wonder if the struggle ever ends. By now my heart rate has settled even more as I admire the beauty of the nearby waterfall so majestic. The way the water was cascading off the top of the rocks so effortlessly, so enticing, I swear I could hear it start to sing to me, the sweetest melody. As I near the water's edge, I hear my name being called in the most enchanting voice. Every fear seemed to melt into oblivion. The sadness I had felt this morning had vanished. I felt completely numb, yet at complete peace. From behind the waterfall emerged the most beautiful white steed I had ever laid eyes on. I felt as if he were there for me, to take me. 
The water held no resistance against my body as I moved closer to the steed. Before I realized it, I was treading water, though it felt more like I was being gently propelled through it. I felt neither the wetness of the water nor the cold of the mountain stream. I felt completely and utterly numb. The steed walked down the rock ledge near the waterfall and slid ever so gently into the water. As he neared, I heard a voice, although I couldn't tell where it was coming from. It was getting louder. The numbness was starting to shift, and the peace I had felt was becoming uneasy. I had started to shiver and realized I was incredibly cold. My senses seemed to be returning. I feel panicked. What have I done? What am I doing? How did I let myself get here? My attention snaps back to the white horse that had begun to swim in circles around me. That voice, the song, it was coming from... Impossible. I made eye contact with the magnificent beast in disbelief when I heard him say in the most malevolent tone, I told you you were going to die today. With no time to react, I found myself suddenly being thrust under the water. I kicked and kicked and fought with everything I had to no avail. He pulled me down deeper and deeper and deeper. Everything was black, and until this moment, I didn't know what a true nightmare really was. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Body Art Forms. I am a huge fan of body art, so I was excited when I discovered Body Art Forms a tiny Texas company that sells body jewelry to people like me. They are a small business that have served the pierced and modified community since 2001. I found a wide selection of jewelry on their website, and not just for piercings. When I placed my first order, it took less than a week for it to arrive in the mail, and I was pleased with each piece. Everything came in neat individual packages. Body Art Forms is driven by three major factors. They strive to give the best customer service. They believe in careers and make sure all their employees earn a living wage. 20% of all profits go to charitable causes. At Body Art Forms can be found on all social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Pinterest. You can check out their diverse selection at bodyartforms.com. That's B-O-D-Y-A-R-T-F-O-R-M-S dot com. Just enter the coupon code FREAKY at checkout for 15% off any purchase. This episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because lately I've had trouble with a lack of energy, focus, and alertness. But now I feel more aware and invigorated. AG1 is a drink mix with 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens which support gut health, your nervous system, immune system, energy, and more. I drink AG1 every morning for breakfast. It helps me stay focused on work throughout the day. Plus, it has a delicious, mild, tropical taste, making it easy to drink. I even look forward to it, and so does my husband. For less than $3 a day, 
You're investing in your health with a lifestyle-friendly mix, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Plus, your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is very important for the lack of sunlight in winter months. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash folklore. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash folklore to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. The Nix, or neck in singular, and Nixie in female form, is the more common term used for the shape-shifting water spirits of Germanic and Nordic folklore. The creature is known by at least a dozen other names, such as Nikor or Nokken. The word Nix comes from Old German, meaning that it was around before the written word, the word has undergone many variations throughout the years as it spread across cultures. The original meaning of the word is to wash or bathe. Each culture has their own idea of the Nick's appearance, but that may be because they are avid shapeshifters and can appear in many forms. They often appear as humans, but may also appear as merpeople, snakes, fish, sunken treasures, or horses. In human form, they are beautiful but their features might hint at their wild natures. Their ears and eyes seem sharper than normal, and their hair and skin may appear to have a green tint. Sometimes they will even appear with gills, bulbous eyes, and webbed hands and feet. Their clothing, though always stylish, will be wet around the hems. It is said that when they take the form of horses, they will be a perfect white or apple gray, but far more beautiful than regular horses. The only obvious difference in these mystical horses is that their manes will be wet and full of river weeds. Nicks are magical creatures, and as you would expect, shape-shifting is not the only ability that they have. They have a talent for music that is incomprehensible. They all sing like angels, and some of them even use musical instruments with their spellbinding voices. Their music will hypnotize their victims so they can draw them to the water. In animal form, they use their beauty and charm to entrance victims. For instance, as a horse, Nyx will prance around and flaunt its mane and tail, all the while hypnotizing the onlooker. Though Nyx are magical, they are not invincible. There are several ways you can fight off these water spirits if they set their designs on you. First, Nyx can be captured, according to early legends. Farmers wanted to harness the magical powers while the neck was in horse form. To do so, they would use a beautiful maiden to lure the horse into a field, where they would force a plow's harness around the creature's neck using silver or iron. It is also said that dropping a piece of silver or iron into the water where its home is located can silence it while you safely cross the water. Some people believe that the power of the church could ward off creatures, making holy water or a sign of the cross a possible weapon. Nyx cannot bear to be separated from water for long. If they lose access to water, their spirits and powers will become depressed, and they may die from the deep sorrow and longing for their river or lake. Last of all, there is one sure way to end the creature's life and stop it from causing anyone else harm. The power to end this water spirit is in its name. Shout the creature's name and it will silence it forever, as it will die at the sound of its own name. Nick's personalities and stories may vary, 
ranging from an evil antagonist to the romantic protagonist. As the evil character, Nicks will usually have seductive qualities. They use their music and beauty to lure victims close to the water's edge where they will grab them and drown them in the water. During the Romantic era in history, Nicks were portrayed as lovers for humans. Nicks can, after all, fall in love with human beings, and when they do, their love is rarely denied. Humans find it difficult, if not impossible, to resist their beauty and powers of seduction. Sadly, most Nicks human relationships don't work out because Nicks cannot overcome their longing to return to their watery home. Other water spirits outside of the Nicks race may have helped influence the creature's mythology. Nicks are very similar to Kelpies from Scandinavian culture. Both are water creatures that appear on land and with the purpose of luring human victims into the water. Both creatures may appear as a horse, but the Kelpie is almost always black and unusually large. Grindylows from English folklore may be related to the Nicks. Like the Nicks, they are water creatures who snare and drown humans when they get too close to the water. In contrast, Grindylows prefer bogs and marshes and have no interest in music. According to Mythology.net writer Professor Jeller, Nicks appear in some of Northern Europe's earliest epic poems. Some scholars even categorize the river monster in Beowulf, the oldest epic poem written in the English language as a neck. Jeller says that among other magical creatures from folklore, the Romantic era ushered Nicks onto the canvases of many great painters and onto the stages of many great theaters. Jeller says that around the same period, Jacob Grimm, one of the most famous fairy tale writers of all time, discussed Nicks in his book Dutch Mythology which cataloged the most important creatures from German folktales. Grimm grouped them with other water sprites who enjoy singing and dancing and likened them to sirens of classical mythology, who drew men into treacherous waters with their hypnotic voices. Jeller explains the myth by saying, Water, which is both essential to life and dangerously treacherous, has always captivated the human imagination, and stories of spirits inhabiting the water exist in every culture on Earth. To some degree, belief in water spirits like the Nyx might be an early way in which humans express their awareness of the power of water. Later incarnations of the Nyx might have served a more defined purpose. They could be cautionary figures, used by parents to keep their children from venturing too close to a hazardous area of a river, or too near the shores of a lake on a foggy night. One thing is for sure, the Nyx, for whatever reason it serves, is an eerie creature that we all want to avoid. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters, murder, mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. 
June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. I find myself standing in this park again, next to the same tree, by the same bench, and next to the same waterfall. The snow was falling gently on the ground, me watching my breath turn into a dancing cloud as it escaped my lungs. It's hard to believe you've been gone for 17 years now without a trace, and this plaque is the only thing we have left of you, a plaque that reads, gone from this earth but never forgotten. How generic, how impersonal. What can I learn about you from this stupid plaque? Nothing, nothing more than I already know. You're dead, and I can't get you back. I don't understand how or why there was never anyone to blame. People don't just disappear without a trace like that. Well, they do, but they have left behind something, right? You left nothing. They said it seems you walked right into the water willingly and never emerged. They never found your body, your clothes, nothing. Dad said you were struggling to be a new mom, but you weren't suicidal. It didn't add up. It didn't make sense. I knew if I wanted answers, I would have to find them myself. I can feel the anger building inside me like a raging wildfire. I was robbed of a life with my mother, and I want answers. I left the park feeling immensely worse than I had before I had come. The walk home was quieter than it normally was for me. Even on sad days that I miss you and wonder why you're gone, I still manage to find joy in the small things. Like my favorite coffee shop on the corner. It reminds me of the small shops in Quedlinburg, Germany that Dad and I frequent when we are visiting relatives. We leave tomorrow night on a red eye to go visit them, and I cannot wait. They bring me peace and wholeness when I'm really missing her. I'll be out of school for the next three weeks on Christmas break, so to Germany we go. I only have a few months left of school, and then I'm on to all the new things that life has to offer. I keep telling myself if I can figure out what happened to her, I would be able to move on and live a fully healthy, happy life. The cold breeze sent a chill down my spine, and I realized I was walking in the completely wrong direction. I just get so deep in thought from time to time, I stop even noticing the world around me. I decided it was best if I just called an Uber to get me home. While it was much faster, I'm not sure if it was safer. Pretty sure my driver was trying to qualify for a race, but nevertheless, I finally made it home shortly after sundown. I had most of my packing done, but I still had a few odds and ends to finish up. I heard the front door creak open and footsteps enter. Dad must be home. Parker, I'm home, dear. I brought dinner and there's some mail in here for you. I jumped to my feet, not for the heart attack in the sack he brought in, but for the package I had been waiting for. Hey, Dad, what's for dinner? I got your favorite ramen from that place you like by the park. Dang, Dad, you feeling all right? You hate going to that side of town. Well, when I talked to you on the phone earlier, you sounded like you'd had a rough day. Just wanted to make you feel better. Thanks, Dad. I don't know what I would do without you. 
You'd starve. Now go eat and finish getting packed. I have some work to do. I must finish up before we leave tomorrow. Also, don't get distracted with your packages there. I know that will be hard, but there will be time for that later. I had momentarily forgotten about the stuff I had ordered. Dad really did his absolute best as a single father to make sure I was well cared for and loved. He was always going out of his way for me, which I appreciated so much. We were so close. He was my best friend. I worried about what he would do after I moved out. Would he finally move on or be lonely forever? I have enough to think about. We will cross that bridge when we get there. I scooped up my dinner and my packages and carried them to my room. I ripped open the package and started digging through all the literature inside. It was a combination of things, unsolved murders, mysteries, unexplained disappearances, and even as far as folklore. I was desperate and would pretty much believe even the unimaginable. The answer had to be out there somewhere. I had started researching disappearances like hers and surprisingly there were so many. Over 50 similar disappearances in the last 20 years all around the same area that my mom had disappeared. There are similar stories like this and thousands of disappearances all over the world. How could 50 women and children go mysteriously missing and the answer is always suicide or drowning or they simply were unsure? There is never any evidence collected on any of these cases as if the department just checked one of these boxes and decided it was solved. I pulled out the mounting case file that I had been putting together over the past two years. I had talked to over 25 families of the missing and all their stories are usually so similar. Their loved one was on a walk in the park and never came home or their child had wandered off from them in the park and was never found again. All these missing women and children were caught off guard and alone. It doesn't seem like any individual would be capable of this ninja swift sneaky behavior, especially without leaving any trace of their presence. But I know in my heart my mother didn't enter the river and drown herself on purpose. I added my laptop to the mounting stack of papers on my bed. I had run out of room for everything. During my investigation of these disappearances, I met an older gentleman whose wife and unborn son were two of the victims. He made himself crazy trying to find them, and ultimately ended up being admitted to a mental institution. He ranted on and on about how there was a beast in the water that had taken his family. He believed this creature somehow convinced his wife to enter the water willingly and drowned her. Of course, I was skeptical but the man had more proof that it was some long-forgotten wet monster than law enforcement had to prove that it was an accident. I mentioned I was desperate. The man had given me a list of books to read and online sources. Even a few of the books I had ordered were on the list. I opened my laptop to the last article I had read, Nix, Friend or Foe. It was incredibly easy to get sucked into this whole new world of endless possibilities. I just wanted answers, and I felt like here I could get them, or some explanation that just made sense. I had so many questions about the creature, and when I went back to talk to the man last week, they told me he had checked himself out of the facility. I took my questions to the internet, which had a plethora of information on the creature. Hey! My dad yelled from the door. I was so startled I knocked my remaining dinner on the floor and half of my paper mountain went down with the food. I didn't mean to startle you. I thought I told you not to get sucked into that stuff tonight. You still have packing to do, and you should really be resting. You'll have plenty of free time on the plane tomorrow. With a sigh and half-hearted smile, 
I closed my computer and said, Sorry, Dad. I got carried away. He smiled back at me and walked away. I got to my feet to clean up my mess and finish packing. By the time I was completely packed, I was so tired I could barely keep my eyes open, but I decided to watch the 10 o'clock news to see what the weather would be like tomorrow. I was really hoping the snow wouldn't be causing any delays at the airport. Good evening. Brr, it's sure been a chilly one out here today, folks. It looks like we received one and a half inches of fresh snow today, but it looks like we will finally be getting a little break from the fresh snow for the next few days. The weatherman kept talking, but I stopped listening. I was reading the banner going across the bottom of the screen. It said a missing man from the local institution was spotted headed into the Miller Park around 7 p.m. If you have seen this man or have any information, please dial 911. I choked. What was he doing in the park? I knew exactly where he would be. I jumped to my feet and ran down the hall. I pounded on my dad's door two good times before I barged in. Dad, you have to take me to the park right now. The old man I met at the institution is missing, and he was spotted near the park. You know he will be down by the river, and no one will find him there this late at night. We have to go get him. Without hesitation, Dad grabs his keys and his coat, and we rush over to the park. To my surprise or complete horror, there was no one, not a single soul out there looking for him. People cared so little for others, but I knew that wasn't who I wanted to be. Flashlights in hand and an extra coat just in case we found him, we headed off into the park. It was a good 15-minute walk down to the river, but there he was on a bench next to a tree. He was watching the water so eagerly, as if he were waiting for someone to come out to him. It was so cold, but he seemed to be completely unfazed by it. What are you doing here? It's freezing. He says nothing, but he flashes a cheeky smile at me as if he had been up to no good. He grabbed my hand and emptied the contents of his into mine. He had handed me a bunch of tiny lead balls. I remember that was supposed to be a weakness for the water monster. Had he really checked himself out of the institution just to come here to throw little lead pebbles into the water? We really need to get you inside. It's not safe for you to stay out here any longer. You'll catch cold or worse. He didn't protest. He stood and grabbed my hand. He leaned in and whispered to me, I told you it was real. I saw it with my own eyes. His words sent shivers down my spine, not because he scared me, but because I think I believe him. We walked in silence back to our car. Dad and I decided it would be best to take him back to the hospital and make sure this whole incident hadn't caused him any harm. We offered to take him somewhere safe, but he insisted he was okay and would be headed back to his home finally. He said he knew he wasn't crazy anymore and he felt he could live out the rest of his days in peace. By the time we made it back home, I was so drained mentally and physically Today was just so incredibly weird. It was hard to wrap my head around it. Good night, Dad. I love you. Good night, dear. No more TV or late-night adventures for you, though. I am so proud of you for wanting to help that man. You don't even know him. Dad shook his head in approval and slipped into his room, closing the door behind him. I closed my door, climbed into bed, and drifted off into a deep slumber. I awoke the next morning feeling as if I hadn't slept a wink. I stretched and yawned, pulling myself to my feet. I knew we were leaving tonight, 
and I should be pumped, but I had this uneasy feeling and I just couldn't pinpoint it. Dad had not woken yet, so I figured after the night we had, I would let him sleep in and go grab us some breakfast. I slipped on my coat and headed for the door. I grabbed my keys and stuffed them into my pocket. I felt something odd in there, so I pulled it out. It was a handwritten note from the man last night. It read, If you ever find yourself mounted on the steed, just say his name and you'll be set free. There were also some of the lead pieces still in my pocket. I turned around and headed back to my room. I jerked open my laptop and started reading, absorbing every tiny detail I might have missed about this creature. It just made sense. This is who took my mother. I just knew it. Niker. I said it. Again and again. Niker. Niker. I felt like I was having a sudden wave of emotion. I had to figure it out. I knew what had happened to my mother and all those other women and children. I knew what I had to do. I was going to stop this creature once and for all. I left a note on the counter for Dad to find. I just prayed that I made it back and he didn't have to read the second note I wrote telling him why I wouldn't be coming home. I didn't really think any of this through. I just knew I had to act. If not for my mom, but for the next victim it would choose. The trip to the park went by rather quickly, but the long hike into the park felt different. It felt dark and terrifying. The trees seemed to stand still as if they were holding their breath, unsure of what was to come. I could hear the waterfall from a distance and the softest sound of music. I knew music was the monster's weapon, so I put my headphones on to drown out any outside sound. When I reached the clearing, there was no one, no one in the water or near it. I had never been here alone before. There were always people here. But this is what I was looking for. I wanted the creature to show its ugly face. I made my way closer to the water, but there was nothing. I even removed one of my headphones. All I heard were the little birds chirping in the morning breeze and the sound of the waterfall pounding the earth. I felt ridiculous that I had even come. Some deep part of me just wanted to believe the old man and solve my mother's case. Perhaps I'd been too desperate. Now I'm standing in the woods, alone in the snow. This was such an irrational move for me and so unlike me. I sat down on the bench and placed my head in my hands and I began to sob. Suddenly I hear the sweetest voice say to me, Why are you sad, child? I jumped to my feet, startled by the stranger sitting near the water. How long had I been crying? Where did he come from? My instinct was that I should be afraid, but I felt oddly calm. I'm sorry, but I don't know you, and I'm not comfortable talking to strangers, I told him. If I were going to believe what the old man had told me, and everything I read, I should never trust strangers that linger near the water. I decided to cut my losses and head back home before Dad knew I was gone. I had almost made it back to the trail when I saw this magnificent beast step across the trail in front of me. So tall and muscular, with the most beautiful flaxen mane and tail. It was so long and flowing, almost as if it were underwater. I knew who this creature was. His beauty was undeniable, and the unalterable desire I felt to be near to him. 
was overwhelming. As he pranced and moved around, it appeared as if he were dancing to the same song of angels, so magnificently effortless in his movements. I felt my feet start to move, as if to dance along with the beast. Before I knew it, I had danced to his side, and I was climbing up on his back as if every fiber of my being demanded I ride. Just as I made contact with his back, he lurched forward in a swift, demanding motion, running as fast as he possibly could. It felt as if the wind were going to pull me to pieces, but I couldn't let go. I couldn't get off. He was headed straight for the river, full speed ahead. His feet hammering the ground one after the other sounded as if he would break through the earth's crust and take us both straight to hell. I knew that if he made it to the water, that would be the end of me. How had it come to this? I read all the warning signs. I knew what this creature was capable of, and yet here I am. Perhaps I was a fool to think I could end all the future pain he could cause with one word. One word. This was it. He took one finely solid hit of his hooves to the ground and leaped into the river. Just before we hit the water, I found the strength to whisper, Niker. Thank you for listening to Freaky Folklore, the podcast about mankind's horrifying legends and myths. Don't forget to follow Freaky Folklore on Spotify and iTunes. If you can, leave the show an honest review on iTunes to help us grow. Freaky Folklore is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network, the home for listeners who love to feel scared. Go to EerieCast.com to find other terrifying podcasts such as Tales from the Break Room and Redwood Bureau. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook for information on future episodes. Tune in next week as we talk about the vanishing of Kenny Veach and the M-Cave. Until next time, stay safe out there, because this world is a strange one.